Hi there, I'm Jenna, and welcome to Butterfly Banter. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show to share my journey as a woman with Turner Syndrome, and a show to share stories of others that are affected by Turner Syndrome. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And now, let the banter begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Butterfly Banter. So happy to have you listening today. Um, I'm super excited to have another international guest today. Her name is Maria, and she's from Brazil. Maria, would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on the show today. Um, hopefully your ha- your day is going great. Yes, thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here. And yeah, so far so so good. Good, good, good. So Maria, why don't you go ahead and start us off and just kind of um, share a little bit about your journey with Turner Syndrome so far and tell us a little bit about um, what it's like growing up in Brazil with Turner Syndrome. Okay, so um, I am 28 years old. I was diagnosed when I was five. Uh, although I am classic Turner Syndrome, um, my parents didn't know I had it because I don't have any symptoms. I'm just small. I'm just short. So this is the reason why my mother took me to the doctor and she insisted for like six or seven months before my pediatrician said, okay, so let's go to an endocrinologist. And um, the endocrinologist was like, no, she didn't have anything. But he asked for a karyotype and then it came with Turner syndrome. And he was pretty shocked with the results because I wasn't born with lymphedema or web neck or heart issues. It was just like short stature. Oh, wow. So, uh, yes. And this was pretty interesting because I am from a small city here in Brazil, and there isn't any doctor specialized in Turner syndrome here. So I, since the beginning, my treatment is has been done in the capital of the state where I live in. Mm-hmm. It's like three, three hours and a half from where I live. So oh, wow. for every appointment, yes, for every appointment, I have to go there. But the exam, the medical exams, I can do them in my city. So, yeah, this is my life since I was five. And one thing that is interesting is, although I was diagnosed in, when I was a child, my parents just told me when I was a teenager, I was 13, when they told me, that the name of what I have is Turner Syndrome. Oh. Uh, at this time, yes, because my doctor told my parents, no, just tell her when she is ready. And mm-hmm. I knew I had something, like growth hormone, hormone and I have thyroid issues, but I just knew it was like any, a genetic condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when they told me, it was really interesting because it was like everything made sense and at the same time my whole world fell apart. Yeah. It was 
it was interesting at that time, but one thing that it was good because my parents they took this they made this decision when they told me I was like, Okay, I lived until now with it and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I achieved everything that I want. So this is not something that's going to stop me. Well that's good. I'm so glad to hear that that you know you didn't let that stop you even though that is kind of shocking to find out at 13 even though your parents had known since you were five so yeah that had to be quite the shock yes and the the good part was that and as i have a younger sister they never treated us differently so i never felt i was different in my family Oh, that's and good. my yes, and my friends at school were they they were pretty good. So I knew I was different in some aspects, but for me it was not a big issue at the time. Of course, when they told me it was, I I cried a lot and okay, oh my god, now I have to understand mm-hmm. everything that comes with it. Yeah. So did they start you on growth hormones at that time? Did you have you ever been on growth hormones or anything like that in your treatment? Yes, I started growth hormone when I was seven, mm-hmm. up to the age of fifteen years old. It was like eight years old of growth hor- hormone because, like my uh, bone age, it closed pretty quick quickly. So my doctor decided to stop when I was 15. Mm -hmm. So how did your parents explain to you, I'm assuming you had to do the growth hormone shots, right? Did you do shots? Like injections, shots? It was, yeah, yes, injection shots. And it was like, I I am pretty short. I am Mm -hmm. like far eight, I believe, in the measurements of United States. Mm-hmm. And one meter and forty-four centimeters. So even with the hormone, I am pretty short. Yeah. So my parents told they told me, yes, this is going to help you to grow. And my short stature was something that always bothered me. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, if this is going to help me, no problem at all. Yeah. So um, so they just it told was you- like yes. It- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yes, they just told me it was something that was going to make me grow. Okay, so they didn't tell you why you weren't growing. They just said, this is going to help you grow, and then later on actually gave the name to it of Turner Syndrome. Yes, yes, it was like this, especially because in my family, not, we don't, we are not tall here, like, yeah. everybody's short in my family. Mm-hmm. But, of course, as I am very short, it called my mom's attention. Mm-hmm. So, this is how my journey started. But, it, they just told me it was a genetic condition. Yeah. Like, when I was eight, nine, I believe they told me this. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, I asked why I am so sharp. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely started to notice at that point that you were definitely shorter than your peers and, yeah, and your family and everybody. Yes. And one thing you asked about how was to 
have Turner syndrome here in Brazil. One thing that it's interesting and that uh, I listen to your podcast, so every episode of our podcast, and I read a lot about Turner syndrome. Mm-hmm. I know that maybe in the United States and other countries, some doctors, they decide to start um, growth hormone and after there is no chance of getting higher. They start the HRT. Uh-huh. Here in Brazil, some doctors they do not do this. Oh, they okay. start the H- They start the HRT on the proper age of developing the female characteristics. Mm-hmm. So I started at 12 or 13 mm-hmm. because, of course, my my friends were like developing and i was yes. not so mm-hmm. my doctor gave me the horm- hormones and, yes. and uh there was a time where i took the growth i took the growth hormone and the hrt okay so they had you on both for a while yeah. yes for three years i believe yeah do you um it sounds like you've been very lucky with some of the health the typical health issues that come with Turner syndrome. Um, do you feel like it ever, that there was ever any trouble it, that you had any trouble in school due to Turner syndrome? Because I know, um, you know, a lot of us struggle with like for me personally, it was geometry and math. I had a really hard time in school with math and stuff like that. Um, did you, without having a lot of the health issues, did you have any of the other kind of issues that a lot of Turner Center butterflies have? In school, um, of course, math was my most difficult subject. Mm-hmm. But I cannot say that I had big difficulties. But one thing that it was bad is I have at some degree and non-verbal learning disorder Mm -hmm. so for me sometimes it's difficult to understand other people's emotions or irony and at school it was not a good thing because I didn't understand when my classmates my classmates were making fun or in jokes sometimes Mm -hmm. so this was one thing that it was difficult for me in school but Studying, I cannot say I had any difficulty. Although when I was in, when I was like four, five years, I had some uh, uh, coordination, motor coordination difficulties. Mm-hmm. Like uh, to do the, the activities that kids do, like uh, doing a line or following the dots to complete uh, a draw. Uh-huh. I had some difficulties with this, but my teacher and my mother, they helped me so I could be like my classmates after some efforts. Oh, that's good. Well, good. That's Yeah, and the nonverbal learning disability, yes, that's so common with, with Turner Syndrome. And, um, yeah, it, it affects everybody differently. And, of course, Turner Syndrome in general affects us all differently. Um, and you know, we do have some, some things in common that happen with us, but every story is unique. And that's part of why 
I wanted to start this podcast and do this podcast because even though we might have some similarities for butterflies, we're, we are all different and all have different struggles. And, um, you know, we, we do have those things that come up the same, but we're all also a lot different. So um, when, when did you, I know this is kind of another touchy subject for butterflies is the infertility and not being able to have children and um, if, if you don't mind kind of talking about maybe how you have maybe overcome um, some of those worries about infertility or um, is that still kind of something you're working through? Because I really like to open this up to other butterflies to listen to advice on how to deal with this kind of stuff, you know, the health issues, the learning issues, the infertility. So how have you overcome some of those kind of things? Uh, it, it was interesting because when, they, when my parents told me that I have Turner syndrome, the first thing that impacted me was the infertility. Mm-hmm. It was the hardest part when I was a teenager. Yeah. But after a while, I talked with my mother, and one thing that it was funny is I believe that in my heart, I always knew that I couldn't have kids because since I was like six or seven, I thought that I want to adopt. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. I didn't know that I couldn't have kids. It was something that I always had in my mind that I would like to adopt. Even even if I had, if even if I could have kids, I would like to adopt. But wow. when I discovered that I couldn't have one, I was like, okay, I know that I will be fine because I have this idea since I was a child, and it's not because now I know that I can't have that is going to change. So for me, I, I don't know if it was in my heart, but mm-hmm. I believe that. Adoption was always a, an option for me, yeah. especially because uh, here in Brazil, we have so many kids that they don't have a home. Yes, absolutely. So for, I believe it's so, so great to give a house and give love and a family for, for a child. Yeah. So I'm, for me, it was like the way that I dealt with. I was like, okay, adoption is a rule. So I have to find someone who will follow that route with me to build a family. Yeah. Well, that is that is so interesting that you just kind of always had that feeling, even from a very young age, before you knew, you know, anything about Turner Syndrome fully and all of that. So, wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, families are, yeah. made, families are made in lots and lots of different ways. And... Um, you know, there's so many different ways to make a family. And that's what I try to remind the butterflies that are listening is that even even though it's so hard on us that we can't have children ourselves, that that's no reason to give up hope because there's so many other ways to make families that are whole and happy and, you know, wonderful families. Yes, and uh, for everyone who is listening, I always think that 
adopting or IVF or any other kind of ways of building a family, they are always valid ways of being a mom. You are not going to be less of a mom because you couldn't have your kid in your in your belly. I I truly believe that adopting surrogacy or IVF, they are all valid ways of being a mom and building a family. Absolutely. What's What's the biggest piece of advice that you would like to give all the butterflies that are listening right now? Um, one thing that I would like to say is don't don't be afraid of talking to other butterflies because uh, for me this was something pretty interesting because. When my parents told me, I didn't want to know about Turner syndrome. And I just started to research about it and to talk about it when I started my PhD. Mm -hmm. Because at, at that time, I started looking for information and now my my thesis is going to be about communication and Turner syndrome. Oh, wow. So I believe... Yes. So I believe that my biggest advice is don't don't be afraid to talk with people who share your experiences, who share your diagnosis, because you will find support, you will have inspiration by other people and you will find comfort. Yes, absolutely. To, de to deal with difficult situations. Have you been able to connect with many butterflies in Brazil by any chance? Here in Brazil, I believe just one or two. Yeah. But I am part of an international WhatsApp group with ladies with Turner Syndrome. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the way I am able to connect. But of course, with my PhD research, I was able to connect with a lot of more ladies with Turner syndrome mm -hmm. because uh, I started to look for to look for to look for dates on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channels about it. So I was able to read the stories and yes. to connect with other ladies. Well, that's wonderful. So, how much longer do you have before your PhD is done? Uh, I probably will finish it at the beginning of next year. That's amazing. I'm, I I just finished. I'm dealing with the data to write my thesis. <laughs> so yeah, maybe February of next year I will finish it. Oh, that's so amazing! That's such an accomplishment. And right there, that just goes yeah. that just goes to show all the butterflies listening. That once again, you can you can do anything you set your mind to, um, you know, to go to take the time and put in the time and persevere and and push through to get a Ph.D. is something you should be so, so proud of. That's amazing. Uh, yes, for, I, I always say that my thesis is not just for me, it's for all the butterflies in the world, because it's shows that yes we can achieve whatever we want there is no limitation and every time that i listen listen to a different story and that i read the comments that i am analyzing for my thesis mm -hmm. i always say wow there are such amazing butterflies out there 
Yes, there are. And there's so many more. My world has opened up so much with this podcast. It has just been so so crazy. <laughs> um, I've just been you know, I've been so grateful and so fortunate to be able to share these stories and hear these stories and you know be a part of all that and it's it's been wonderful and the research that you're doing is so important and hopefully when when it comes out and when you're when you're a doctor you'll have to share all your research with us and, and you know give us some insight into what you have found out with with Turner syndrome in your research yes uh, i'm willing to to share the final results Although I have some pre, uh, previous results because I'm working on it for the last three years, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to see the final results. And of course, I'm going to share with everybody because it's so important it to is. have Turner syndrome in this academic space, not just on the medical uh, academic research, but like communication research. Communication is also important for us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, that's so amazing. It's I'm just I'm so impressed. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear, you know, some of your findings when you're when you're all done. So, well, Maria. Yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just uh, I, I, of course, I will share some of them. But one thing that I can say for the things that I am fighting, fighting, fighting right now is that interaction is so important and to listen other stories can change people's lives. Absolutely. So don't be afraid and of course find the best way for you. It doesn't have to be on video or on audio or writing. Sometimes just to get in touch and send a message for someone that is dealing with the same experience can help you. And I believe this is the biggest message, I think, for the Turner Syndrome community because our diagnosis can be so lonely because it's a a rare condition and sometimes we feel more alone in the world. So yeah. try to connect is so, so important. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly another piece of why I started this podcast too, is that connection. Because between Turner Syndrome itself being kind of isolating, I agree with that 100%, but then we had COVID on top of that. And, you know, so we were all isolated from everybody not just you know turners you know not just butterflies being isolated from butterflies but we were all isolated and so it's just it's so hard and and you you are not alone that's the biggest message that i that i hope to get across through this podcast is that no butterfly is alone and i agree so much with what you're saying with just reach out and it doesn't have to be anything, you know, fancy or any, you know, anything big and bad or anything. It's just, yeah, just simply reach out because we we are out there and we're all listening. You know, we all want to be be there for each other. 
Yes, and other thing that is important is like don't be overwhelmed with with all the information that you find on the internet because we are so different from each other. Although we have Turner syndrome, Turner syndrome can have so many characteristics and vary from per, from person to person. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, try not be overwhelmed talk to a doctor talk to your to other people because i believe that's the best way to deal with it it's not to be so desperate yes absolutely for sure well maria it's been so nice chatting with you and i know it's getting late there for you in brazil (laughs) so um i just appreciate your time this evening and appreciate your message and i hope to have you on again sometime after you've done your research and we can we can talk about your findings. I think that would be really cool. Oh, thank you so much for the invitation. Of course, I will be pleased to come back on your podcast. Yes, I'd love to have you back. Well, I hope everybody out there listening has a great evening and I will catch you all on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye.